Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Person you see in the fucking hideous hoodie is not only thinks he's the smartest person in the business, but he's also got the fattest arse in the business. When I came, see those bags in the corner behind him. When I came, came onto the logged in, he was bent over pushing his dirty underwear in there. I had this enormous, great fat ass right in the fucking camera. Now, for a tall, thin bloke, he's got a magnificent bottom. I'm telling you. My day just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Won't be long um, until I've uh, got the biggest those stretchers are working just a treat and all. Dude, you've got, you've got a long way to go to get get to the size of mine. I've got two inches and I know how to use both of them, you know. Oh, fuck off. Got to stretch mine a bit more then. <laughs> Imagine actually, like, if you was hard having a two-inch I've 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 read kind of articles and things about people. You know, there's one guy, I'm going back probably 30, 40 years now before the internet. He was saying his, his penis was so small he couldn't have sex, but he could masturbate and women could masturbate him. It's basically he's got a clip, you know, a clip with a pair of bollocks on it. Yeah, he's got a... Uh... I always find it, I don't know why it tickles me, but calling a micro penis a uh, micropenis just, just tickles me. <laughs> Sounds like a, fucking, like a fucking Greek warrior, doesn't it? I, it does, I yes. am micropenis. <laughs> <laughs> the two inch terrier. <laughs> I, I will batter you with my two inch penis. <laughs> anyway, oh, never mind God. Adonis, we've got micropenis. Yeah, yeah, fuck your Adonis's. <laughs> Micropenus is here to save the day. Ugh. That's fucking hilarious, man. I can see that coming to a LinkedIn post near you any day now. What, Micropenus? Micropenus, <laughs> yeah. The smallest warrior. <laughs> he would beat his enemies to death with his two-inch penis. <laughs> well, well, now we've got uh, our branding, our branding, aka yeah. a fucking logo sorted out finally. We can have well-fed Macropinus underneath. Fuck off the business. Just well-fed Macropinus. <laughs> oh, this has got legs, this one. <laughs> if it had legs, it'd be the world's smallest centipede. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that. That needs to be very long to stop his penis touching the floor, though, do they? <laughs> anyway, so the important thing, why is Connor, why does Connor think he's the smartest person in the business? Are you going to tell him or shall I? You tell them, because I... I'm I'm so big brain I, I I can't even understand how to break it down to these mere mortals. Oh, well, <laughs> fuck you now. What Connor means is he doesn't know what he did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> That's what he really means. Well, in the in the information letter for um core control, which you can actually get at wellfedbusiness.com forward slash core hyphen control. Uh, part of it is I point out we control three things in life our thoughts our feelings and our actions and that is it everything else from the weather to what your neighbor color your neighbor paints his kitchen ceiling are all outside our control the problem is we spend most of our most people spend most of their time um focusing on things they don't control other people's thoughts feelings opinions what they say on social media their sexuality gender identity whether they're fat or thin or what they're doing to other people all those kind of things Instead of the things, three things they do control, thoughts, feelings, and actions. Now, 
and I, I swear this is true. You know, we did, I did, we did laughingly say yesterday we must never talk about this to anyone. Yeah, but we never, we don't mean that. We're going to be absolutely upfront. What we didn't realise is the three areas of our business necessarily fit into these three areas because we've got the, all the thinking stuff I talk about, about the rational thought, about pricing and positioning, all the psychology. And then and the feeling side of things, we've got a thing called the SLAM, the Stoic Leadership and Attitude Model, which is basically about your uh, equanimity, staying calm under pressure, becoming a, a leader people will uh, respect and look up to, you know, a leader to yourself, a leader to your family, a leader to your, your, your business, a leader to your industry, a leader to your market, all those things. So that's your thoughts and your feelings. And the last thing we've got a thing, well, it's Connor's baby, really. It's called CAFOS, which is the Client Acquisition Framework Operating System, which is the kind of how to run or create and then run and manage all these projects and processes. Now, those, those things we've, we've created, and they work fabulously. We've been teaching guys and girls this for, for probably the best part of, well, we've been teaching parts of it, I have, for certainly 10 or 12 years. Other parts are newer, but it all forms part of core control. And before that, CAFTA and foundations. But what I, what neither of us realised until Connor pointed it out yesterday in a Voxer, I think it was, or a, a message on Google um, Space, those three things fit perfectly into thoughts, feelings and actions. It's, it's a, a completely accidental, perfect match, which shows a few things. One, it shows that we are right in what we're doing, that we are correct because form follows function. And two, it just fucking shows how brilliant we are. It's just, it's fucking, honestly, it was purely accidental. We couldn't have designed it better. No, we we, we couldn't have. And it, if we had designed it, it'd feel almost, we were talking about this yesterday, it'd feel almost contrived to talk about it, to share about it. Um, but the fact that we've come across this naturally, because form does follow function, that it's just years of our experience putting this shit together. The word is. What is the word? It's evolved. It has evolved, yeah. our systems have evolved to fit their ecological niche perfectly, yeah. J- just in the same way as an, an, an organism evolves to its environment, or a, or a puddle or a glass of wine moulds itself to the shape of the glass or the puddle of the depression. Yeah? It's, it's, it has evolved into, to be the perfect match for its needs. It's, it's fucking epic, honestly. I'm really impressed with us. <laughs> <laughs> You're really impressed with me. Both of us, yeah, of course. Yeah, but no, that was a that was a blinding insight, mate. That really, really was. You 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 left out the funny part. Um, talking of feelings, you you didn't mention how I felt as I was typing out that message to well, I you. I don't know how you felt. I told you yesterday. I sent you a message saying I'm really happy when you said, "Wow, mate," I hadn't fucking actually clocked that, and I replied. I'm actually really happy you haven't clocked that because as I was typing this out, I thought, I bet John has told me <laughs> oh, this that. a million times and I just haven't paid attention. And it's only just hit me how fucking profound it is. Yeah, I said that loads of times. Didn't you listen? <laughs> and I was so worried when I was going to send that message, I was going to get back, obviously, dickhead, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> and that's honestly the kind of message I would send back to him because that's how I talk to Connor. Yeah, yeah, it would be. That's how I talk to everybody, really. Mm, but we're not we're not soft so i'm not afraid to get those messages and we'd we'd rather put our necks on the line and look like idiots than worry about our ego and our pride to be fair you you talk to me in the same way you call me an autistic old fart and all those kind of things so it's it's horses for courses mate yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I, i point out your age and 
Yeah, exactly. Technological issues. There are no technological issues, you fucking Speaking swat. of which, have you um, got your mic on? Oh, shit, no. What are we meant to be talking about today? Because we do have a wonderful podcast sheet that we're meant to follow. Marketing. Marketing. Why are some marketers crap? Yeah. I'll tell you why they're we crap. Have to. Well, we don't have to. We can talk about something else if you want. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> tell me why marketers are crap and we'll see how we get on. Okay. Most marketers are crap because they don't understand what marketing is. Okay, that's interesting. What, what do they think marketing is? Well, I don't know what they think it is. I know they don't realise what it actually is. So what is it actually? It's the right message to the right person at the right time and in the right medium. That's it. Now, most people go about it. Most people seem to think marketing is about just getting out there, getting awareness, you know. The, the, the problems start really... Um, because what people tend to do is they will look at successful businesses and they will tend to copy what those big successful businesses are doing right now. This is one of the problems I have with modeling in NLP, neurolinguistic programming. They say model billionaires, model Richard Branson. No. no. If you're going to model Richard Branson, you would model what Richard Branson did before he was successful, before he was rich. Uh, if you're going to model him at all. Modeling him how he is now and you're not a billionaire is, is probably is probably ridiculous. Well, by the same token, if you look at big businesses, successful businesses, like Coca-Cola, Rolls-Royce, Maserati, for instance, or uh, Hermes bags, all, all these things, and all these big firms, um, you, you open up, say, Cosmopolitan or any magazine, and you see these single-page ads, and there's a beautiful woman um, and just the name of the perfume or something. If you try and copy their advertising thinking, well, they're successful, therefore... Um, if I do the same as they do, I will also be successful. You're making a huge mistake because you're, you're doing the same thing as you would if you, you say, modeled Richard Branson. You are trying to, to copy the advertising of an already successful brand where awareness and keeping that awareness in the public eye is important. Um, whereas small businesses who don't have a brand, getting your brand awareness is utterly fucking futile. No one gives a shit about your brand. Yeah, and and any brand, no one gives. No, a they shit. just don't. And any any oh, but the only people who care about your brand are you and the person who fucking sold it to you. And they only fucking care as long as they're doing the work and are waiting for you for you to pay their bill. Once you've paid them, they don't give a shit. <laughs> Quite rightly too. So, really, you know, a a brand, your brand, your personal brand, your 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 business brand, whatever, however you like to fucking call it. Don't even get me started on these this latest slew of fucking personal branding experts. Um, your brand will emerge naturally as a product of your marketing and your delivery yeah now, we we have a brand okay it's not something we've con okay we, we've had a logo design that's not your brand but we, our brand has emerged naturally um, organically over the last 12 years with the, my work the evil bold genius and my attitude the way we deliver what we deliver how we teach all those kinds of things yeah so now if we had a brand to capitalize on, if we wanted to do that, it, it's very straightforward and we are known for it. We didn't start out by saying, okay, what can our brand be? You know, that, that's pointless. Which is hilarious because people who go through branding exercises, they talk about being authentic and often <laughs> every fucking brand ends up as authentic. And it's like, well, if you're really authentic, 
You don't need to go through no, these absolutely. pointless thought exercises. You just be yourself. Anything else, to use the word again, is fucking contrived. It is contrived. Yeah, and if you if you need to go through an exercise to put an authentic front out there or an authentic message, an authentic image, you've got to ask yourself, how fucking authentic is it? Seriously. Yeah. And I, I get it then if you say need to work with a designer if you have a shop. So those those things are conveyed correctly. For example, if you are a massive masochist, you don't want your shop looking like it's made for people who love fairies and shit. No, you, you want it to, to, to look pretty fucking terrifying. You want to make sure you're attracting the right people, but that's different to brand. That is really different sitting down with a fucking branding person and going through, well, what, what do you want your brand to portray? What are your top three brand values and how are you showing the marketplace them? Well, authenticity, <laughs> um, kindness, and another one is probably integrity. And the way we're going to show this is, in fact, I'm going to take a selfie video right now with you to put on LinkedIn. What, what they also do is they'll, they'll come up with a slogan. Like they'll spend hours and hours coming up with the right slogan as if it matters. Um, and they're usually meaningless, well, and they co- and they. <laughs> it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but they, they again, they they will copy big advertisers, big firms like TSB, um, the banks. They all love their little slogan, and they're all meaningless, empty, meaningless words. You know. Um, so really, marketing, as I say, going going back to the beginning, is the right message to the right person at the right time, and over the right medium. Now, the right time is, um, you never know when that is. As, as a seller, you can't know when that is. That's why we have to market ourselves all the time, constantly. So, you know, there's no good sending one email to your list and then giving up because you didn't make any sales. It's just that whoever read it that day, and bearing in mind not everybody would have read the message that day, you know, whoever did read it wasn't interested, but tomorrow they might be. So you just keep plugging away. And you will get bored of your marketing and your marketing message. And your posts, your emails about the same topic long before your audience does, because people are, are so egotistical. They believe, or they seem to, or they certainly act as if they believe everyone on LinkedIn in their connection list is reading every post they write and paying attention to it. And they're not, you know, as we've said before, most of your posts on social media have a very short lifetime, it's spanning hours. Occasionally, very occasionally, I will still get a, a comment or a like on a uh, a post I've done a long time ago. Let's say that one that's in my featured section. But you're looking at maybe one or two a month. Yeah. Normally, the time your post is a day old, 24 hours, it, it's history. It's gone. Uh, so you know, drop your fucking ego. Stop. Stop believing people are listening to you all the time because they're not. And they don't give a shit about you. I think I can't remember who said it, but I know Earl Nightingale passes the quote on. He says. Um, you'd stop worrying so much about what people think about you if only you realised how seldom they do. Part of the reason we started doing this podcast and caring less about platforms such as LinkedIn uh, is because these podcasts are far more asset-worthy than, say, a LinkedIn post, which is just a fart in the wind. These videos, they go up on YouTube, they go up in our membership site, um, they go on Spotify, they go on Apple. 
YouTube in particular will continue to recommend these videos for years. And it's, it's unlike LinkedIn, where the content constantly has to be fresh and new. People are very rarely looking back through people's profiles and reading everything. On YouTube, it's very common to go to a channel and watch videos that are several years old. And if things come back into relevance, YouTube knows that particular videos performed well at a certain time where something was popular. So they bring those videos back to the forefront. Proper assets. LinkedIn, shit in the wind. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying LinkedIn doesn't work because it clearly does. Uh, but, you know, you, you need to understand that the mistake people make, really, apart, apart from the fact they copy the big boys, the second mistake they make is they, they choose the platform before giving any thought to the market or the message. And we've already said the time is, is out of our control completely. We just have to keep doing it. So the other two things, three things, market message um, and medium. Most people pick the medium first. I, and I, I get this probably at least, at least once a month. I'll get an inquiry saying, um, hey, John, can you help us with our marketing? We want to do some Facebook advertising. We want to do some LinkedIn stuff. We want to do a blog. And I always, basically, well, I don't work with people one-on-one -on -one as an implementer anymore anyway. So I, I just send them on to someone else. But the mistake they're making is, because my first question is, well, why do you want to do Facebook advertising? Why, you've, why have you chosen LinkedIn specifically? And they don't really know the answer. And it, when it, you know, I dig into it a little bit through triage, and it boils down to, well, that's because what either everyone else is doing, it's what I've been told to do, um, or I've just observed people and, and, and I get this fucking gut feeling. I've got no knowledge or experience in marketing, but I just get this feeling. I've got an opinion. You're not qualified to have an opinion, mate. That's why you come to me. So, you know, the, 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 the way to do it is your market and your message. I mean, the ideal way is to choose... Well, your market and your message kind of go hand in hand because you're, you're, the people you choose to sell to and the problem you solve for them and the outcome you promise will, to a large extent, dictate how you speak about it. That's your message. For instance, you know, if you're a, a PT, okay, or if you want to sell to, to guys in their 50s and above and show them how to get a six-pack so the wives will start having sex with them again, that's a very different message from the one you would give to, say, a 19-year-old girl who wants to tone up because she's going to Ibiza for a shag fest over the weekend, you know? So your message is largely determined by your market. And indeed, um, it may be you solve a specific problem which is relevant only to a certain market. So in which case, your, your message almost, because your message is dependent on your solution, your message will be somewhat dependent on your market. So those two things go hand in hand. It's an iterative process. And, uh, but only when you realize who your market is and what you're going to say to them, only then should you even think about, okay, let's decide what medium we're going to use. Putting the medium first is absolutely stupid. And it's, it's so common. I mean, it's, it's probably less common now than it was this particular thing. But what used to be very common, say, 15, 10, 10 15 years ago, was uh, local newspapers Right, the free ones and the paid ones, that the local rep would drop into a business and basically say, yeah, we're doing a promotion this week. We're doing 50% off the rate card. Well, rate cards are fiction anyway. No one pays rate card. Um, we're doing 50% off and uh, it, get, it gets you in front of you know, 30,000 people every week. Uh, and and if, you, if you buy six insertions, we do it for the price of four or something like that. And of course, the, the business owner who knows nothing about marketing, oh, great, I'm getting it cheap. All those people bound to make some sales. Well, you know, if you're, say, a construction firm selling, if, you, if you're selling bridges to government departments, you know, um, the infrastructure departments in local government, there's no point whatsoever advertising the fucking local newspaper. 
because you are simply not going to make any sales. No matter how many people you put your message in front of. You know, you're getting the right message in front of the right list is absolutely paramount. I don't care how good a sausage you can make. You can make the best fucking pork sausage in the world, right? If you try and sell that on, say, a vegan website or a vegan social media platform, you ain't going to make any sales at all, you know? That's how important it a is. A vegan social media Well, platform. you know the kind of thing I mean. No, I know. Like a vegan forum. I'm just imagining a whole social media just for vegans. Well, I think they should. I think they should. I think they should have fucking camps for them as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's so important. And another, another mistake, though, so that's two mistakes. The third mistake they make is, that is, is business owners listen to the wrong people. Uh, I, this will n- undoubtedly inflame some tempers. This will no doubt really butthurt some people because they know it's true. Now, these things only hurt if you know they're true. If they were not true, they would just gloss over, you know? If I'm much more likely to get upset by you calling me short than by you calling me tall, you know? <laughs> so, social people call themselves social media marketers. They're not marketers of any description. They are basically social media content publishers, producers, curators, managers, whatever you like to call it. They're not fucking marketers. Someone who's, you know, let's be really fucking blunt about this. Someone who has done nothing in marketing except for, say, post on LinkedIn and become popular as a LinkedIn influencer. They have no, other than that one thing, they have no experience in marketing. And if, you know, if any of them doubt this, let's sit down, we'll have a, get them on the podcast and we'll have a, we'll have a round table, we'll have a discussion have a debate about marketing. And you can talk to me about split testing, long copy, short copy, headlines, advertising. Um, we can talk about all these things and they won't have a fucking clue. All those things, yeah, but it's, it's about authenticity, isn't it? It's about, it's about getting your name out there. It, it's about engagement. You know, they, they know nothing. They're not marketers. But because they've got the word marketer in their fucking stupid title, people think, oh, yeah, but, and then, then worst of all, worst of all, shoe button complex. Because they're popular and because they're influential, they start having opinions on aspects of business and, and life indeed. They've got no business having, such as uh, vaccines, for instance, politics, <laughs> what they should do about the war in Ukraine. You know, These people, they're just basically celebrities, online celebrities. They're like actors. You know, Actors are often listened to for their... But they're looked up as role models, and people ask their opinions about th- on things like vaccines and world politics. These are people whose only qualification is they get paid to pretend to be someone else. That's it. That's what actors do, and they do it very well, I'm sure. But that you cannot translate that into them having some fucking knowledge of things like vaccination, public health care. You know, it's just oh, it's just my fucking nothing. Asking the wrong people, listening to the wrong people, stupid. That's what it is. It's similar to what's happened with the PT industry, in a way. The fact that you can be a qualified <laughs> PT for £20 off group. Or, or a life coach for seven quid. <laughs> yeah, it's completely diminished the, 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 the respect, the perceived value of the profession as a whole. Um, because when you've got a 21-something who has just done a group on a little fucking course and is now in a big commercial gym trying to sell pt lessons and then you think fuck it i'll go ahead i'll give it a go because it's 20 quid 
I don't know why you would, but this is what happens. And then they get into it and they get injured and they don't really know what they're doing. And it's all rather uncomfortable. You then tarnish the whole PT yeah. industry with it's a bunch of shit. That is a bunch of crackpots similar with marketing. We're now. tarnished. You know, people probably look at the stuff I write and they just look, look at me. He listens to me speak. And, you know, he's just another rip, just another charlatan, just another rip off merchant. I can't help that. Nothing I can do about it except, except by my actions prove otherwise. Uh, and if people are interested, you, you can check back as long back as you like and speak to my clients. And the one thing you will find is I'm consistent in my message and in my integrity. And if I screw up, which I do sometimes, I'm the first one to admit it. Yeah. People don't like me often, but they, they cannot point to me and objectively and say, this is what he did wrong. It's also why I was going to say we publish books, but why I push you to write so many books. Because if anyone's a, a doubter, a hater, just, just go read the fucking book. Mm. Just go read a book. You, you'll very quickly see it's of vastly higher quality of anything you've ever read before when it comes to marketing. And if you disagree with the contents, I'd, uh, I was going to say I'd love to talk to you. I wouldn't, but I'd be very curious <laughs> yeah. as to why. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be very curious I know what you mean. As, as to what you think a better book is. So I can read that book and very likely end up disagreeing with you. Uh, but just to see what crackpot shit you're into. Well, tangentially to that, I, I don't get into discussions on LinkedIn. Um I mean, I'm, that's the only platform I ever go or log into. So that's why I mentioned it a lot. I, mean, I don't need to spend a lot of time in there. And now, well, for various reasons, I'll be doing it even less because we've got a, a workaround for that. But I never get into discussions about marketing or anything. I might make the odd comment, especially when people say stupid things like long copy doesn't work anymore. I might make a comment, but I never get into discussions about it because there's no point because I, I'm right. Yeah? Long copy does work. Copy cannot be too long, it, but it can be too boring. You know, I've, I've sold, when I sold the, the pot of gold event where I did with Dan Kennedy in Cleveland, I sold places on that with a, a multi-part direct mail thing, which was very, very, very long copy. And that was 3,000 quid plus a seat. And I sold places. I filled that event with direct mail, long copy. So you know, don't tell me it doesn't work because you've got no idea what you're talking about. And I'm not going to get into discussion about it. There's no point. And these people aren't even, most of these people aren't even qualified to have an opinion. They're like fucking massage therapists or PAs, you know, who just have an opinion because that's what they've read on LinkedIn. Well, go on, make me feel older than I do. It is just an opinion. Um, I remember reading those pot of gold letters, uh, 18 years of age, I believe I was, maybe 19, at a push. It was 2017, so it's five years ago, coming up for six years ago. So I would have been 20. And um, I remember uh, trying to beg dad <laughs> to go. <laughs> You'd have loved it, mate. Just so I could watch him. Um, but he, he didn't fucking have a, a business really at the time. So he was like, it's pointless, Sean. It's pointless. And I was like, it's not pointless. Yeah. but anyway. uh, if, I'd have, if I'd have actually known oh, well. that, I'd have let you come as my, as my kind of guest for now. You know, you just pay, you just paid for the uh, um, for your flights and stuff, but hey, can't do it now. I'm I'm far too polite for all of that. However, I appreciate the token. It was a fucking good event. I've I've, I've still got some of the recordings, most of which I'm not allowed to uh, make public because that was the deal with Dan. Um, his his thirty minute 
our address at the beginning was fucking epic. If you don't, I mean, you might not have that yet. I'll send it to you. I'm allowed to do that because you're in my business. But um, And we've got the transcripts of my day with Dan, which are worth a fortune. Um, they're our Bible, people. They're our Bible. We need... Uh... <laughs> You struggle with technology, John. You've got a bunch of stuff that needs scanning and uploading to this thing that you might not have heard of called the cloud, so I can access it. Well, that's why Holly's coming over in November, isn't it? She's going to do all that. Yeah, so because uh, Holly's not coming to the event, uh, she was like, look, I'll pay you back for the tickets. And I said, Holly, don't be fucking daft. Don't be stupid. Bless her. I brought her upright, though. I brought her upright. I love her for that. I absolutely fucking love the fact that she does that absolutely love it but the compromise was because she was like oh but no i like i have to no like, I'm, I'm letting you down i'm like shut up like you're not letting me down for one i absolutely understand we're not going to get into that now anyway like on the podcast and i wasn't getting into that then i said the only thing you have to do is when you do use those tickets to go see your father is just help the poor old man out with uploading stuff to the cloud <laughs> Because he has some, <laughs> he's got some shit in his cupboards that is worth a fucking fortune that I'd love to read. Really, you know, it's not a, it's not a lack of of ability. It's a lack of time, Connor. Because some of us are writing these books yeah, that no, drive our that. business, you know, and sales letters that sell core control in five minutes. You know, oh, it's another long copy sales letter that doesn't work. I know these things, John. I'm, I'm not stupid. Mm. However, um, say that again. You're not. You're not what. Well, we know for a fact I'm not stupid hey, now. Eh? Even, hey, we know for a even fact. Even a stop clock is right twice a day, mate. You don't understand how, how my brain works, the, the connections it makes. It's just, I see I, things I people can't see. I do understand see. how your brain works, meaning it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not hard to understand. Yeah. So, I know, that's, what, that's why people are shit at marketing. Um, they, they don't understand the fundamentals. And the fundamental is, I mean, we've actually got a book plan called the 16, 15-word marketing plan. The right message, the right person at the right time over the right medium. I think it's 15 or 16 words. Uh, and that's all you... And once you, you kept saying 15. Yeah, if, you, if you understand that, I'm not, I don't mean really understand it, and realize you can break it down into message, market, medium, and time, uh, you can't really fail. Now I'm being I'm not being facetious, but I, this is a very high level view because, like, for instance, understanding the message, yeah, it's about to, to get the right message means what some people feel uncomfortable doing, and that is highlighting a, a prospect's pain, sticking the knife in, and twisting it back in the ambulance up to the door, as Dan Kennedy says. And some people are squeamish about doing that, but I'm not. Um, and I mean, what I do is, to be fair. Uh, Rather than me tell them how shit their lives are, I just get them to tell me. You know, it is, and I think it is probably more ethical um, because you know you might you might know some of what's troubling people, but you don't know the whole story. But if they tell you, that, that, they, that's by definition what's going on, unless they're lying to you, of course. That's, that's nothing you, you can do about that. Um, but of course, the, and, and this follows in. This follows on from our transaction, uh, our transformational approach to marketing, rather than transactional. We don't try and sell you something until we know it's going to be of use to you. And if you know, and we can only possibly know that by by getting you to tell us what the problem is. And then we slowly repeat it back to them and gently ask, "Is that right?" And they go, "Oh my God, it sounds bad when you say it." That's because it's really bad. Well. I mean, sim simple things. We're getting, we're getting a bit off topic now, but it's, it's probably worth mentioning. 
you know, a simple question when people are telling you how shit their lives are and the businesses are doing this or doing that. And I'll say, well, what are you doing about it? Oh, I don't know, nothing. No, I don't know what to do. Okay, so you're not doing anything about it. Why and how do you expect things to change at, at any point? I mean, they'll just get worse because they always do because of inflation, if nothing else. You know, And they're just really simple questions. Um, and often people just don't have an answer. Well, they do have an answer. The answer is kind of trivial. It's, well, I'm not doing anything about it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I can do. And then, of course, they'll say, can you help me? Wow, now we're talking, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing in times of stress, difficulty, and um, the the listeners will be <laughs> smart to, to observe that we're not judging these people too hard because we understand. But it's amazing that in times of difficulty and stress, how people just almost go into zombie mode where they hunker down and they, they just go by their day-by-day routines and almost pretend as if nothing's going wrong until they have to face up to, to, to the problems and the shit that they're in. Yeah. It's amazing how people can do it. And I'm sure we've all seen several people who just end up sleepwalking. I think everyone's probably seen someone that they, they know, love, or care about who end up just sleepwalking a little bit through life, ignoring the shit show I've that they're in. I've done it myself. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone. When does. I was with um, Holly's mum, my ex, uh, I was thoroughly unhappy and it, I knew it wasn't working, but the alternatives were even worse because I love my kids. So I, was, I, I wasn't so much sleepwalking, I wasn't in denial about it, but I wasn't doing anything else about it. I was just keeping it in my head. I'd made it in my mind that when my son gets to 18, I'm off. It's only another, it's only another fucking 12 years or whatever, you know? And I would have but done that. That's kind but of different because you made a, <laughs> a decision. You you made a decision and I have no doubt that you would have kept it. Oh, her. I would have done, yeah. But a lot of people, I think, end up in a mindless cycle of day-to-day life, of pretending that everything's fine. And what's the thing about cycles, John? Cycles. Now, this is really huge. We should do an entire podcast episode on this. I'll be very brief. Cycles cannot break themselves. They have to be broken. And they have to be broken from the inside by your actions or from the outside by someone else's actions or at least input. Um, good example, uh, a, a mentoring client of mine, photographer, was in a cycle every year of come, become, come September to November, December, he's really busy filming, for photographing stuff for the news for the spring. And the money was great. And he was really, really busy. And the rest of the year, he was quieter because he didn't know how to market himself. Well, that meant he was locked into a cycle of, I have to deal with this, this studio work. And I don't want to do studio work anymore. But I'm locked into the studio work because otherwise I won't have any income for the rest of the year. And he says, I, what I need to get is, is three to five more other clients shooting in my studio so I don't have to do this on-site work anymore. But of course, I don't have time to do any of that because, because I'm in the studio. And it was, he was in a cycle. So I broke the cycle. I said, do you, do you want those three to five more clients or is it the revenue you want? Oh, it's the revenue. Well, okay, put your prices up. Fucking what? Oh, shit, yeah. So the next time we spoke, I put the prices up. I'm making more money, working with fewer people. They're better people. And this will be the last year I end up doing this studio work. So I'm already booked in for it. But come the spring or come after the, come the new year rather, when I, the studio work finishes and I'm, I'm kind of on my own with my own private clients, I'll be laughing for the first time ever kind of thing. Well, that was breaking a cycle. 
that's what you have to do. And this is why elite has always been so powerful because often the most profound difference that is made in the elite's life is they come from the most stupid, simple statements. It's that simple, just one sentence. Well, you complained about it, but why didn't you just do X, this really simple thing over here? And they go, oh my fucking God. Yeah, why wouldn't I do that? Why have I not thought of this? And it's like, well, we've got a different perspective and you're spiraling and you're in a fucking cycle of doing the same shit and the same thinking. Yeah. And that's what the hot seats are for, to break your cycle. It took me many, many years being being autistic. It took me many, many years to understand what the phrase you cannot see the wood for the trees means. Because when I thought of, you, look, when, I, when I read the word or heard the word wood, I thought literally the material wood. And I thought that doesn't make any sense because trees are made of wood. What they actually mean is the wood as an entity, as a collection of trees. So you're in the wood, and forgive me for explaining this to everyone else in the world who understands it. <laughs> I now know that the wood means you cannot see the entirety of the wood because it's obscured by the trees. You're looking at the trees, but the, the microcosm, the detail. Yeah. One of our advantages as being mentors is we can look at objectively and dispassionately your business. And what gives me an even greater edge than Connor, nothing wrong with Connor, well, apart from the obvious, fat arse and stuff. But where I have a real edge over probably 98.5% of people in the world is my brain is wired up to see these things intuitively, I, I, connecting with all the neurons in my brain, an overconnected Aspie brain. I can see these patterns. And there's been times I've sat there in hot seats and indeed on consulting calls where they've been they've spoken for about three or four minutes and I know what the problem is and I know what the solution is. And I have to sit there for about 45 minutes to let them finish <laughs> what I already know before I just say a few words and that's it. You know? Epic shit. Yeah, that's why I'm here, to, to make them feel like they get their money's <laughs> yeah, worth. To make them feel wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, just to give them some emotional support, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> some empathy, and then I go, right, John, break it down for them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, anyone who's not done a hot seat, that's often pretty much how it works. Connor will kind of make them feel good, and I just give them the answer, and I don't, I'm not very nice. I'm not thought I'm nasty, I just, there's no emotional content there from me. It's just, oh, this is what you do. Well, you know, you're, you're straight. I ask the searching, soul-searching questions just to make sure yeah. that uh, we've got the full picture, that, to make sure they're being honest. Because some people, sometimes people unintentionally lie um, to almost save face, save, save their own feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you have to clarify things sometimes. But anyway, we should do a whole topic on cycles, uh, which would then talk about the process of elite and the, the way we approach problems and whatnot. Uh, but... I need to shoot. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds lovely and dirty. Shoot me, Lou. lovely and dirty, that does. I'm, I'm, think, I'm now thinking of... <laughs> <laughs> for some obscure reason. Uh, oh, the next thing... Oh, okay, right now, um, there's a couple of things you can do. If you want an introduction to our work, and, I, and when I say introduction, I don't just mean a, a brief, oh, this looks interesting. If you want a step-by-step, paint-by-numbers guide to fixing your business now then get well-fed freelancer book the well-fed freelancer book wellfedfreelancer.com if you if you take action and follow my, the steps in there okay your life will be transformed within 30 days okay and there's a double your money back in a piece guarantee but if you want more okay and you're prepared to invest a little bit more time and money in this um you might want to, you might be interested in what we call core control what it does it it takes the 
it, it takes this, the, the, the connected but almost disparate skill set we teach in Welfare Freelancer and puts it into a framework of a proper business. Yeah? Thoughts, feelings, I mean, thoughts, feelings and actions. Um, the, the actions part is probably more emphasized in, or certainly structured actions, systems and processes is certainly more emphasized in core control than it is in Welfare Freelancer. Welfare Freelancer is more about thoughts, feelings, and then a few actions on the back of that following. Yeah, but we don't really teach systems in, in, well, we don't teach systems in Wellhead Freelancer. So if you want more, core control. And that is wellfedbusiness.com forward slash core hyphen control. Or just email one of us and we'll sort you out. And on that note, fuck off. Yeah, all of you. Goodbye. Bye.